Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Refractive. I'm your host, Johnny G. Today, I have with me Luke Iorio. He is a transformation coach, guide, advisor, and host of the much-talked-about podcast, On This Walk. Luke is also a previous president and CEO of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. His spiritual journey has shown him the beauty and joy of reconnecting with his true nature, finding real balance, and feeling connected, healed, and whole. He helps others do the same. And today he's here to talk about exactly that, finding what real balance is. And uh, he has some really helpful tips for us on the show today. So Luke, thanks so much for being with us. It's, it's, it's great to have you. Johnny, I appreciate it. Been looking forward to it. You know, I, I, when I was speaking with your team about you coming on the show, um, immediately the topic of balance was resonant for me. And it's something that feels really passionate for you as well. What has your own journey with finding balance look like? Yeah, this seems to be a a topic that's coming up a lot. I'm not sure if, you know, where it is in the zeitgeist, or maybe it's coming out of of the period of time that we've just been in. But uh, uh, for me, uh, it's interesting because I admit I was very fortunate. I had absolutely wonderful career I was with my last organization, ultimately as as president and CEO for nearly 17 years. And I had achieved a lot of the things that I set out to achieve uh, very kind of fortunately in, by the time I was 32, I was a CEO and about five and a half years after being CEO, I was completely and utterly burnt out in my life. Yeah, And that was as a president of a coach training organization. So I, that not only was I burnt out. I felt like I, you know, there's a part of me that almost feels like a fraud for experiencing, right? What I'm going through. And what I recognized was that there were so many things that were kind of underneath the surface of how I was achieving some of the great things I was achieving in my life, but it was not leaving me in a position of feeling completely deeply aligned to who I was. So an example of that, one of the things I recognized that this idea of balance and restoring balance, we'll go into it you know, more deeply, is something that's very central to who I am. Well, anything that's central to any single one of us, we're going to fulfill that either from a place that is healthy and balanced and conscious itself, or we're going to fulfill it from a place that's imbalanced or unhealthy for ourselves. And so for me, this idea of balance, I, I had a tendency that many people – uh, that I've that that I've worked with as coaches and teachers and guides and healers have associated it with the idea of being controlling, but not controlling the way that most people would assume, where it wasn't necessarily outwardly manipulative or I had to get my way this way. Instead, my form of control was much more around people pleasing. It was by taking too much on. It was by putting myself in a position where I just kept taking on more and more and more. Yeah. And in some regards, it gets you loyalty. It gets you 
all of these accolades for the things that you're taking on to support other people with. And at some point you just have nothing else. You have nothing left. Yeah. And that's really where I found myself was that I was trying to do all these things and then ultimately found myself in the position of CEO and the way that I had created my position as CEO was no longer fulfilling to me. It was no longer meaningful in the way that it once had been. And at that point, I recognized I had to go on a very different trajectory. And that's what my last seven or eight years now has been. It's been a very kind of deep uh, path of both conscious exploration as well as my own spirituality to find what are the pieces I needed to pull back in because when we're actually in balance or in alignment with the truth of who each of us really uniquely is, life becomes effortless. Mm-hmm. But when when you're not in sync with that, you're living with this ongoing friction and you can't, it's really even difficult to name, but your energy is just not going to be able to put up with that for for too long, even though for most of us, we can be in that state of friction for decades. Uh, but at some point it's going to catch up with us. Look, I'm like, I'm bursting at the seams. There's so many things <laughs> said that I want to comment on. I can't even, please, I, please. I can't pick it all apart. It's too much, but uh, I'm just going to zero in on, on, on this one thing. You said that uh, when you are connected in that way, that life becomes effortless. And this is something that I believe you've seen this, I believe right? This. Fully, 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 fully. And I recognize that um, the vast majority of people uh, would view this statement as Pollyanna and Absolutely. completely ridiculous and, uh, you know, and, and maybe even equate it to toxic positivity. Yes. And I, yep. I'm, listen, I, okay. What, what do you have to say? I see that you have. You have- I, I do, because there is a difference between effortless and easy. Yes. Those are not the same freaking things, yeah. right? To be very clear to everybody. Effortless is that there is an energy, uh, a, a, fuel, a fuel source that is moving through you that allows you to pour into whatever it is that, that you choose to engage in that, that is part of your path. It doesn't mean that it's easy. And I know that sounds a little contradictory, right? Of how could it be effortless, but not easy. When I say effortless, it's because there is this almost uh, uh, unquenchable or or, or inexhaustible energy that exists within you. And you've got the ability to then harness it into any number of the directions that you're very passionate about, that you find meaning in, that you find purpose in, that you have passion for. And now you're willing And you're able to go through any of the hardships, but you don't view them as something that is getting you down. You don't view them as something that's beating you up. You view all of it as part of your path that's enriching who you are and bringing even more of you to whatever path you've now chosen. So I'm not saying that it's an easy path, but because of the resonance that you tap into, because of the the feeling of alignment and congruence that exists inside of you, it feels like it's effortless and, and, and you just know, this is my next step. This is my next action. This is my next decision. This is the next direction I need to take. And that removes a tremendous amount of the struggle that so many of us go through. And, and the stress that we feel is not knowing those things and hemming and hawing and you know analyzing every which thing that, that we need to consider in front of us. Absolutely. 100%. You and I were reading out of the same book here, you know, uh, <laughs> Listen, I, I had a situation where, 
um, through my own spiritual awakening, I, I came to the understanding that I never have to do anything else in life that doesn't feel right. Never again. And what that means is um, I don't owe any person on the planet from my mother to uh, to an employee, to an employer, anybody. I don't owe anybody um, the diminishing of my light. Right. And my sole responsibility as a spark of the creator is to shine as brightly as I can. And like a puppy that, uh, you know, a puppy doesn't argue with itself when it feels it wants to play or when it wants to go to the bathroom or when it wants to go exploring, it just does what feels right in the moment. And, uh, and I believe that I'm called, I can't speak for other people. I believe that I'm called to live that way. And there, there's a distinction there that I want to see if, you know, you can expand on at least for what I hear as well, because I've explained something very, very similar, uh, at different times in, in my own show and, and other with clients, et cetera. And some people will mistake what you're saying for kind of like, I get to do what I want, right? I'm following my truth, right? And what most, this does not give us permission to just vent out our opinions and take out our, our, our wills and desires out on the world. Because what you're speaking to, and I'd love for you to, Johnny, for you to elaborate from your perspective, to me, what you're getting at is to begin to know ourselves at such a deep level that is truly authentic, that's beneath the judgments and the ego and the misconceptions and, and relating to and coming to life from that place. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a friend of mine who uh, devoted his, his entire life to spirituality after his own awakening, um, you know, he once told me that the purpose of the earth school is not love because all there is, is love. There is only love. There is nothing but love. So how could the purpose be to love? The purpose of the earth school is discernment. Hmm. And listen to me, if that, it didn't knock me down. Like, like because, because when I talk about, I never need to do another thing that doesn't feel right. It requires that I discern yeah. my motivations and what roles ego and fear are playing as opposed to what roles my love is playing yeah. in my decisions. Yeah. And when I say that my job is to shine as brightly as I can, every time I work a, a thread of ego or fear into my decisions or my behaviors, it is a, it is a, a, a fissure in the gemstone that the light has to pass through and it's mm -hmm. slightly, it refracts, hence refractive pocket, it right. refracts the light rather than letting the light shine through uh, in its, in its original form. And my, my life is dedicated to healing one fissure at a time so that my refraction over time becomes less and less. And therefore I return towards the, the creator. That that's I came from. Beautiful. That's a beautiful image. And I'm glad that you brought in that essence of discernment. Because I think that's the heart of, of what we were just describing. And knowing as we're talking about balance, let me use that as part of, of uh, the conversation here, is that what we're looking for 
is that when we can discern what is truly love and when we can discern, discern what is truth, meaning beneath all, beneath all the fissures, beneath all the entanglements and attachments and ego parcels that we have, and we can bring that love and we can bring that truth into harmony or what some might say is balance, that's when we'll, be to, we'll begin to experience the full peace of who it is that we are and what it is that we can offer to the world. Yeah. And that's the way that I have developed a lot through my, my own course of study with my own teacher, uh, working with Carissa and her helping me to be able to see that intersection point that exists, but it requires that, that, that keen ability of discernment, which is a muscle that we have to develop. It's not one that is, that is, uh, uh, easily attained for us with the way that our, our egos have become conditioned over the course of our lives. Yeah. And so you talk about balance being an inner game. And I think that we've, you know, I think we've really stepped all around that concept so far right. in the first couple right. of minutes of our conversation, <laughs> but how do you play this inner game, right? Like, let's yeah. just break this down to, to, to basics. What do you mean by that? And what have you learned along the way? So uh, just to, to give a little preface so we can, we can dive into it, most of my orientation, and I'm actually going to define freedom for a moment because it was part of my process of better understanding this, was that there was a period of time in my life that freedom to me was that uh, to do what I want with whom I want when I wanted. It was completely circumstantial. It was all driven by ego because I wanted my world out here to look a certain way, and then I feel like I'd feel free. When I started to recognize that that was not going to work, we have to come from this place as below, so above, we need to do that inner work if we're going to create the outer representation for that. And so balance is actually very similar. Our you know, uh, societal construct of what the, the myths of balance that have been sold to us are about having this perfectly balanced life where everything's in its place and everything's per perfectly scheduled on our calendars and it's just completely unattainable. Uh, because it's not real and it's not what life is. Life is flowing in all directions at all times. And so just from an image standpoint for people to understand balance a little better, think of it as the surfer on a breaking wave. Yes. Right? Life is the breaking wave, but that surfer has such incredible harmony with what's going on with nature at that moment. And think about the strength of the core that that surfer must have to be able to be in that harmony and go wherever it is the wave is going to break and they can have fun with it. They can have joy in that whole moment and be fully present. Well, that core is our inner work. And so if we start to move inside of what does it really truly take to, uh, to get to balance, we've got two paths. We've got to look at the side of us that's imbalanced and the side of us that's imbalanced are the sides that create attachment. It is where judgment comes from. It's the parts that feel very disconnected. It's the parts that have a lot of challenge with the idea of endings meaning that it creates a lot of clinging and grasping because we don't want the things we'd like to go away. It's also the things that have, draw us to aversion, meaning to push away the things that we do not like. These are all different elements that bring out imbalance because these are the ways that we're trying to control that which is outside of us. We can't do that. So if we flip that around and start to take a look at, okay, so if that's what is drawing us into imbalance, what draws us back into balance? Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to draw on my, my own teacher, Carissa, who, yeah. who shared so much of this uh, through a beautiful book called the freedom transmissions, by the way. And we talk about it as just four simple components of simplicity, stability, 
surrender, and stillness. And so in each of these, what we're doing is we're really getting down to the essence of how do we drop those attachments? How do we drop those entanglements? How do we come back to the most essential of what it is that we are and what it is that we need spiritually, what we need socially, what we need emotionally in our lives? And then stability, that's more on simplicity, on stability, what we're really starting to look at and I'll use the example I, I, I drawn before for myself was what are the commitments that we have made? So the commitments I had made was my way of restoring balance or my way of keeping peace was that I would be a people pleaser. And I would try to take on the burdens of others. I would try to solve it for them because I felt like that would restore balance, even though I was completely imbalancing myself in the process. Right. But those were the commitments I had made. And so we've got to look at, well, the commitments to attitude, to beliefs, to the way that we relate to others. We've got to really dive into what those commitments are to find which are the ones that are very unstable for us to maintain and which are the ones that give us that bedrock foundation that we feel like is completely founded in who we are and what we really believe, yes. not just what was handed down to us. And so on, we kind of go through that type of process to really unwind all the ways that we've been more attached to the outer world, to the imbalances that are there, so we can come back to the center of who we are and then start to build the decisions, the belief systems, the relationships, the all the things that are outside of us, but coming from a more pure and clean place. Yes. Okay. And what I hear you saying, um, what I hear you saying is really getting to understand your values, right? Getting to know who you are, what your motivations are, what your values are, and um accepting those values, right? You know, I, I'm sure as a coach, you know, uh, I find this a lot that I have clients who don't necessarily think it's okay to acknowledge that competition is a value or that right. achievement is a value. They think my values need to be, uh, let's see, generosity and patience <laughs> yep. and kindness. And I'm like, those are great values. Like those are amazing Absolutely. values. But if you don't have a, a, a pattern of evidence of decisions right. being driven by them, they aren't your primary values. You know, and go ahead. So where you go, where you're going with that primary values, what I would slightly frame for this for everybody to understand is that because of exactly what you said, there's certain values that people feel. These are the double values. I want to serve. I want to have gratitude. I want to this, right? And so we get bought into it. We also take on the values that have been handed down to us yes. through our family and through culture. That's right. So a lot of the values we think we have, for instance, my value of freedom that I described before was not even my definition. It was something that I, I valued, but I had no idea why. Right. So the distinction I want to make is to get to what you value, I would first ask, what is it that you actually need? And I mean that at a soul and emotional level. Because if you take something like, you mentioned competition, okay? Competition, if you really start to, well, what is it that, that is the need that is actually under competition? Well, it could be a need for feeling like I'm progressing. It feels like I'm winning. That could be one element of what you need. It could be that competition when I'm winning gives me validation. It gives me affirmation. Maybe that's what you need. For me, competition was actually more about camaraderie. It gave me a different form of relationship to be in with people that felt like we were all working as a team towards a common collective goal. It was more about the, the journey of it and the camaraderie that went along with it. Now, if I were to tell you what my value was, 
it was, it was it's actually around camaraderie and that relational aspect and that common goal of working together, not competition. Yeah. So for us to give, we really get in and understand what's the real core soul level need that's there. Now, when we build the values on top of it, we know on bedrock, what are they founded on? Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. And this is, and this is, this is how we achieve balance by reflecting that soul level identity uh, through our actions and behaviors. Yeah, it's it's how how do we bring the essence of who we are into all of these different ways that we show up in life, right? Mm. We show up and and you know it's not a surprise to everybody here. I, I think everybody knows we play different roles based on the the position or circumstance or relationship we happen to be in at any given time. And so bits of us, parts of us show up in different ways. Some of those parts are parts we absolutely love and adore. Others of those parts are the ones we may associate with more shame and blame and guilt and things like that. And so the soul essence of who we are actually can hold that space for the whole of that. Understand the parts that don't feel great and the parts that feel perfectly beautiful in who we are. The soul essence can hold all of that. And then ultimately, when the wholeness actually is is uh, felt and seen within you, all of a sudden, more and more of you will start to show up, even in the circumstances where normally you would have held back, mm. even in the circumstances that would have brought more pain or, or you would have hidden from because it's where you feel the shame or guilt or something else that's come up in your life. And instead, you'll allow more and more of yourself to go in there because you're no longer worried about somebody hurting you. You're not worried about touching the trauma that might be there. You're not worried about the judgment that other people may have of you. And your essence starts to flow more completely into all of these areas. And that to me is a huge component of what I would call peace. Mm. If we are at peace with ourselves and we can bring more and more of that into whatever it is that we do and whatever relationship we happen to be in, I can't think of a greater joy. Right. It feels like we're living who we are. Yes. So let's look at some, let's look at some like real world scenarios that, that would seem pretty common of uh, scenarios of imbalance. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if you would share your first gut impressions of like, what might this hypothetical person uh, be able to do to at least take a step or two towards restoring balance, right? So let's say Uh, we have someone who is a young single parent. And uh, they're in, you know, the terrible twos and everything feels raw. And, and they're like, man, this isn't the life I, I saw for myself. This isn't what I wanted. Like, like, it's not about love for my kid. It's that I feel like I betrayed myself by getting trapped in this lifestyle that I don't want. And it feels awful. And I'm stuck here for another 16 years. Right. Yes. So like, yep. like what, what would you recommend to a person in that situation uh, in an effort to restore some balance? So one of the first things is to recognize what is bringing about some of the imbalance that is there in the first place. And, you know, just at that quick level of summary, the first two things that I recognize is an imbalance associated with expectations uh, as well as an imbalance related to certainty. And so very often, if I work backwards, certainty is very much what so much of us as humans seek because we believe there is security, there is safety if we can convince ourselves that something is solid, right? The challenge is, is when we convince ourselves something is solid, we now eliminate all the other possibilities for what it can be. 
And we become trapped in only seeing that story, only seeing that scenario. Now, how do we reinforce that certainty? How do we reinforce that solidity? Through expectations. And now those expectations, uh, as I've, I've heard a few times in the past, I can't come up with any better, expectations are just future resentments. Yes. Because that, right? And it's, that's what we're setting ourselves up for. And so what we, were, we would want to take a look at in terms of being able to restore balance is a handful of things. Number one, going back and recognizing what were the choices that were made each step of the way that you recognize that the situation that you're in is one that you participated in. It was not one that simply got thrown at you or happened to you. At some point, even if life comes at you, even if life gives you things that you were not expecting, things that, that, that you had not planned on, what you choose to do at that moment and how you move forward is still your choice. And so it's recognizing where were the choices made because we want to start to bring some empowerment of recognizing, okay, I've been part of creating the way that I feel right now. And so if I was able to create some of the way I feel, I can create other feelings. I can create other stat, uh, uh, status. And uh, then beyond that, I'd take a look at how is it that we can become more present with what's actually occurring right here, yes, right now. That's it. Right? Because now we start dropping the stories of, of but it's not going to be this. It's not going to be that. We're, all we're doing is projecting more and more expectation and creating judgment and comparison against those expectations as opposed to being in the moment that we happen to be in in this given moment. So that's then another piece is how do we come back into presence? Then we start to take a look at what needs to be grieved. Why do we have to look at what's needing to be grieved? I'll allude to my, one of my own circumstances was that when I realized I was no longer on the path that I was meant to be on, that I had to change. I not only had to grieve the fact I was leaving, but the entire future that I had imagined could no longer be true. Yeah, I could no longer point at that vision and say, this is where I'm headed. All of that had to be let go, but it had to be grieved because I had put myself into that. And so most likely a parent that's in the type of scenario that you're talking about is not allowing themselves to grieve the fact that a certain future that they had expected is no longer going to come true, at least not in the way that they think it is. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to allow grieving. That grieving frees up more and more bound energy. It frees up more and more space for us to yet again become more present in where we are. That's where I would begin that process so that more and more space and more and more ease would start to return to that parent. And then we can get into, okay, where do we go from here? How do we continue to build this into something that you are really genuinely deeply excited about? Yeah. And I, you would want to go through elements of, of everything I just mentioned to even create that space. Yeah. Listen, I, 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 it's like, I'm having a solo episode here. Like I, I don't even have a guest. It's just me talking all the time. Right. Like, yeah, I love it. Isn't that all a life though? It's, <laughs> listeners, you're all just, you're all just a reflection of me and you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> I, I want to ask though, you know, would you think that uh, as you were talking about that particular scenario, I was thinking, yep. And that is really, those are the steps for any situation of imbalance. Like that's not specific really to that one <laughs> scenario, but whether I'm talking about being deadlocked in a job that feels, right. feels awful to me, whether I, uh, whether I'm stuck caring for an elderly parent and like none of my siblings are showing up for it, you know, no matter what the situation is that makes me feel like I'm a prisoner to my own life, uh, this, the resolution steps are really the same. Yeah, it's, it is, there's, there's certain core, 
uh, patterns and principles that we want to come back to because that's how we ultimately step back into a place of empowerment. Yeah. It's how we get back into this feeling like I am more the creator, the writer of, of my script of my life as opposed to life happening to me. Yeah. And so that's one of the, the quickest things we need to do is flip that back so that the, the individual recognizes they're at the center of their journey. They're not just a cast member along the way. So we need to begin there. Uh, I'm mentioning just simply because you 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 reference somebody at a at a job that they no no, no longer love, uh, and I just want to use this as another example. Part of that grieving also comes to the fact that we have a real difficult time with endings. If something is trying to end, or if something has just ended, we have a lot of challenges as a society, for the most part, with really grieving what that means. So if it's just ended, are we giving it the space that we need to properly honor what has been? Mm. If something has not yet ended, but we can feel like this is no longer the right thing, we have a lot of trouble ending that situation because we don't know what's going to be on the other side, back to that issue of certainty. And so we don't know with, with the uncertainty of what's going to follow, and that's something that brings up a lot of fear for us. So we tend to hold on to situations a lot longer than they were meant to be around for us. Why? We, I don't mean to go all you know simple and Freudian and everything else, but we have a fear of death. So any situation that brings up the idea of ending brings up uncertainty, and it's death is just simply an ending. It's one ending and then a new beginning. And if nature and life has taught us anything, is that there's a very obvious cycle that goes on. There is birth, there is life, there is death, and there is rebirth. We watch it across all of nature, but the, tr the same is true for even the situations within our lives. Uh, I forget whether it was uh, the Dalai Lama or, or which of the, the, uh, the wise Buddhist monks that had said it, but life is many deaths, hmm. meaning we go through this cycle over and over and over again. But if we keep holding on, if we don't allow that to die, which needs to die, that which needs to end to end, we are keeping ourselves in a perpetual state of imbalance. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I did it voluntarily. I did this. I've done it many times in my life. Yes. <laughs> I still do it sometimes. I still, I, still exactly. I still occasionally do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know if it happens to you, uh, Luke, it certainly happens to me fairly often where when I meet a new person, maybe I'm at a party or at a bar or something like that. And they find out that I'm a coach, right? They'll say, Oh yeah. Oh, I need a coach. Yeah. So coach me. Right. Say, what do you <laughs> yeah. got? And, you know, I can really boil down everything I do with other people into just, just a couple of short words. Mm. The most powerful, the most valuable piece of information that I can offer is you already know, you already are, the answer is in the stillness. And that there's nothing else that I could possibly hold someone's hand and walk them through that would be more impactful and more powerful than really absorbing those three statements. And um, when you talk about that quest for finding a new balance, you know, our authentic balance, I hear it. It just comes down to listening to what's going on inside of you. And finding the courage, right? The courage to move towards it. It's, it is absolutely being able to be within that stillness to see what's coming up, to have the courage to be able to do that. And what you described before, discernment. 
Mm-hmm. This is a process and a journey of discernment that helps us really be able to understand, ascertain the truth that is rising up for us at any given time, as well as what's the shadow that's rising up in any given moment. And if we continue to understand the difference, we continue to heal those fissures, as you described before, then we become more, and I won't say we become more whole because we're already whole. We allow more of that wholeness to show up. We allow more of that light, as you said, to show up. So we go from the rainbow back to the pure white. Yeah, there you go. Well, I can't think of a better of a better way to wrap up an episode. That is, those are some words to live by there. I like that. So if the listeners are interested in learning more about you and the services you offer and how you see the world and how you show up, what would you recommend? Uh, best way to always track me down is through my website, which is onthiswalk.com. Uh, that's also the podcast, which wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to On This Walk as well. Yeah. And Tell if you search it. up, yeah. Uh, so it's really drawn from my personal journey of the last seven, eight years. Um, I, uh, I've really, the way that I ended up creating this show was that my path has included everything from study of all sorts of different spiritual traditions uh, in across the Far East and Buddhism and a bit of Tao, Gnosticism, Christ consciousness, then back into indigenous studies and all sorts of things. But I've also, because of my, my background, had studied things like positive psychology and neuroscience and polyvagal theory and like all the modern sciences that basically tell us, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shortcut it right here. Uh, what we knew about 25 to 3,500 years ago was pretty much all correct. It just <laughs> took us 3,500 years for science to catch up to it. Uh, so anyway, my my it, I introduce a lot of the people that I have worked with, a lot of the people that I have met along my journey. I'm constantly bringing on some of my own teachers uh, to talk about how is it that we discover and really bring out more and more of the truth of who it is that we are. And what does that look like? It looks like balance and fulfillment and peace and a lot of the, the more buzzier type words that are out there. Uh, but it's really about the personal journey. And it's a lot of very personal conversations that we share on the show. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, what's the name of it again? On This Walk. On This Walk. And they'll find you at onthiswalk.com. You got it. Um, Let me ask you, have you, uh, just based on what you just said, have you heard of Jonathan Robinson? That's new to me. Jonathan Robinson, uh, he was a, a guest on my show a couple of episodes back and he wrote a book called The Enlightenment Project. And what he's what he did was for the past i don't know how many years 20 25 years 30 years he has pursued uh, all of the great spiritual thought leaders and mm-hmm. uh, and teachers around the world and he wore them down and eventually <laughs> got them to sit with him for interviews and he has over a hundred of these interviews with everyone from Ram Das to Mother Teresa to like mm. Baba Shi, like, like just everybody you can think of Marianne Williamson, like all of them. Yeah. And, um, uh, and he distilled the things that he gathered, mm-hmm. learned from all of those. And, uh, you know, his mission now is to distribute that out. And yeah. so it just, it just, it, a it rang project. a bell hearing you oh, yeah. talk about your journey and your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I pre- I appreciate that. I, I I will check him out just based on what you just described because it's deeply in alignment with what my journey has been. Yeah, uh, it's funny. It 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 uh, only in a very recent conversation I was having with a, a couple of a uh, couple of gentlemen actually for the podcast. Uh, they were asking me a bit about what the the journey has entailed, and I uh, all of a sudden I just kind of spit out this this new word of that I think the the focus of all of this has been soulness. 
Uh, and it's that, yeah. right? It's that idea of how is it that we allow our soul to come through into the embodied wholeness of who it is that we are. Yeah. And that to me is the journey that we're on. And so, yes, any any of the teachers I've had access to or any of the teachers, uh, as well as it's funny because it's actually not just the teachers, part of what I do on the show, but part of what my journey has been, I want to also be speaking with and sharing the journey of my fellow walking partners. Mm -hmm. Who is it that's on the path with us right now, like us right now with what we're doing and how can we share from their real world lived examples, what they're going through in their life right now in this moment with their relationships or their career or what have you, because we can study all of this beautiful, beautiful wisdom and spirituality as much as we want. But if it doesn't change our relationships, if it doesn't change the way we make decisions, if it doesn't change the way that we wake up in the morning or the 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 career that we end up choosing or how we navigate from here or how we parent our kids, then it's just for fun. It's, enter, it's a new form of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, so it's really got to make it's got to be practical spirituality. It's got to make a practical, practical difference. So the teachers alongside with those that, that are the ones that are walking this path too, I think is a, a fundamental conversation. Perfect. Man, thanks a lot, Luke. I really appreciate you coming on the show and 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 sharing your wisdom and lessons and observations. It's been really fantastic. Thank you, Johnny. I've enjoyed this a lot. You bet. Everyone, I appreciate you listening in and uh, tuning in for another episode. As you go out in the world, remember to always aim your light. Take care. You've been listening to Refractive Podcast, and this is Johnny G. If you found today's content uplifting, if you think it might make somebody's day better, give it a share on social media, click like, subscribe. All those things help to expand this podcast availability to new audiences. I'm a speaker, a coach, and a facilitator based out of Washington, D.C., but I travel a lot. If you think I can be of service to you or to your organization, help people get unstuck or move into their authentic power, shoot me an email. My email address is refractivepodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Thanks for listening and aim your light.